Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, a weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we're bringing you sort of three news stories, but technically more. I mean... <laughs> It's going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, three of the news stories are like the same thing. It's just one big direct that they're talking about for individual products. So, yeah, it's it'll it'll be interesting. I'm I'm definitely going to accidentally say the wrong thing. So, I'm excited about that, but before we get into it, I'd like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, big Josh Boys? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I am fantastic, especially because I, I just realized instead of saying especially, especially, I think I say especially. Well, that marks the spot, right. so, you know. Oh, I mean, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Shit. Doug Dimmodome. You make a good point there. Thank you. Um, I feel like mm, I feel like that doesn't work in 90% of the words I flub, but maybe I'll just start saying it. Yeah. Just, I like accidentally say like I don't know Doge instead of dog, and then I'm like X marks the spot, and they're like I don't I don't, I don't understand. And you're like because well, <laughs> your brain's not big like me. <laughs> just real, just a real smart boy. Uh, no, one of the main reasons that I'm super excited about this podcast today is because we are finally announcing that we are changing the name of Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast to just Indie Pod and Indie Games Podcast. Mm-hmm. Super easy, nice. Uh, thank you, Chris, for sending in. He actually sent in like <laughs> he he sent in name suggestions, uh-huh. and one of them was like uh, I think it was like the totally like uh, let me look them up. they were like <laughs> one was like the totally PG indie games podcast. Oh yeah, that's legit. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I think that one'll come, come back on. to bite us. <laughs> Irony is great. You gotta go with it. <laughs> I I don't think many people would find it as ironic and funny as we did let me mm. let me look because he had another one he had two different ones um right. he had the big indie game show which i did enjoy that oh, was a good one that's not yeah that's that's a good one and then the other one was the totally pg indie game podcast <laughs> i do like the big indie game show i mean <laughs> then it would it would make sense with you always calling me big josh boy since it doesn't actually make sense for a name but <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would make sense, but instead we're going to go with our Twitter handle, which was and is IndiePod. Josh recommended that we just changed it to IndiePod because I wanted to do like double I and that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But we finally changed it. We've got a mascot now, which I feel like we're going to have to name in some way because I want to do more stuff with that character Mm -hmm. than just the one thing we're going to have. He's pretty dope. uh, 
Maybe we call him Ronald. Ronald? Right? I, I don't. I don't know. Let's <laughs> let's uh, let's brainstorm this a bit off the air. Maybe I don't know about <laughs> Ronalds. Uh, I'm not too not too fond of Mr. McDonald's. No, I, after I said it, I was like, "Nah, that's not. Yeah. That's Ronald McDonald." I don't know why I just said that. That's a bad one. So, well, we have changed the name. We've changed our graphics. We've done a lot of stuff. We are going to be putting out uh, some new cheaper T-shirts. Look I can't forward wait. to that later. It'll be super. Yeah, cool. I'm super. I'm super stoked for those ones, especially because Zoe, my good friend, our good friend, also writes for Parallax. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made us a really, really cool graphic, an awesome new mascot. I'm excited to use it, and I'm also excited. Uh, Chase updated our like normal graphic, like I said before. If you guys didn't know, he was actually the one who made that. Like, uh, I reached out to him to make the Indie Incursion, a Parallax Media podcast graphic. It's very good. If you guys would like graphics, obviously pester him because he'll do it. <laughs> so, all right then. If, yeah, my experience is evidence. Just annoy the shit out of him until he does it for you. Nice. Yeah, that's what I do for most people, you know? Yeah. Just, I mean, that's why I'm here. Not intentionally. Yeah. I just end up annoying people, you know? Yeah, that's okay. It checks out. Also, a little bit of housekeeping as well. Uh, we did actually just go on the classic gaming podcast once again. Yeah. Four hours. Long Good podcast. Josh stayed the whole time this time. I'm a trooper. That you are, especially because it's like 1 a.m. for you. It was pretty late. I'm, I'm not going to lie. At the end of it, I was feeling pretty ready to just pass out. Um, but I, I pulled through, man. We made it. The funniest thing about that is I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. My fiance, she like went to a friend's house and uh, she wasn't back by the time we were done. So I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. I put the cats away and everything. We were all good because one of our cats sleeps in the bathroom because he's a dickhead and won't like stop fucking around so I can go to bed. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's real nice. Um, so he sleeps in his own room. And uh, so I put the cats away and I get ready to go to bed. I'm like laying there getting getting ready closing my eyes feeling a little sleepy coming on you know mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. she busts through like the kool-aid man is like bitch yo ass better wake up Damn. and i was like what is happening right now <laughs> what did she want uh, was she just like <laughs> give me literally attention nothing yeah <laughs> she was annoyed about the fact that i had recorded a podcast for four hours and then <laughs> just wanted to go to bed mm. I mean, like I was saying off the air just uh, a second ago, my wife was angry as well. She was she was mad because she fell asleep but didn't realize she fell asleep and thought she couldn't sleep because I was talking, even though I wasn't. <laughs> These... Have you ever had that thing where like, okay, so my fiance does this. I don't, I don't know if anybody else is going to understand this, but have you ever had it where like your wife is sleeping next to you? She says something in her sleep that you think she actually said. So for instance, my fiance was like, and at this time, she worked at a movie theater. She was like, I'll sleep in. She's like, do you want butter on that? And I was like, nice. That's... did you just ask me if I want butter on that? Uh... And she was like, no, shut the fuck up. Damn. And was like mad at me. Wow. <laughs> no, I do not have that problem. But uh, that's some uh, some nice dirty talk you guys got in the bedroom. Yeah, I do like to rub butter on things, nice. really. That sounds hot. Have you ever seen, uh, what is it? Butter? Yeah, no. I've seen butter yeah, before. Y- no, 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 no. Can't believe it's not butter, actually. No. Oh, nice. You're rubbing Dupree. margarine all over you? That is so gross. <laughs> I would fucking hate my life. Wow, no, that's where we draw the with, line. Yeah, the movie with Owen Wilson, You, Me, and Dupree. Uh, isn't that the one with the dog? 
No, maybe I'm thinking of something. No, different. that's Marley. Marley. And me. What yeah. are you even talking? Close enough, right? Also Owen Wilson, but definitely not the same movie. <laughs> well then, no. <laughs> well, there's this sex scene in it where obviously it doesn't show anything because it's like a PG-13 movie. Lame. So but, does he just um, got like a stick of butter for a dick? Yes. Wow. No, Weird. he's like having sex and he's taking butter and using it. And I'm like, what are you using it for? <laughs> I I think I know what you're using it for. But no. That's the good stuff. Don't do that. Don't do <laughs> That's so gross. Yeah, when you're in a pinch and you need some lube, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People talk about it like basting a turkey, and he took it literally, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a good butterball. Speaking of good butterballs, don't know how this goes. Let's talk about what games we're playing. You're playing a game <laughs> called Goblin Sword by just yeah, I, wanna, I don't even know. You want to try? No. <laughs> There's no world in which I try to say what I can only... I. The only way I can explain this name is that that's just a dictionary entry. Like, they, they were like that smart kid that, like, goes into the dictionary, finds the largest word ever, and is like, I can spell this word. And you're like, that's... I mean, that's cool. I don't know how that's a skill, but... Like, people who could spell Mississippi, I understand that's not that hard to spell, but for me, that's actually kind of an achievement. Or people who can, like, say super califragilistic expialidocious, whatever that shit hey, is. Hey, you did it. You know? You did it. I, I definitely fucked it up, so ah, I, I do not Come have that now. skill, you, but somebody out there enough. does. Anyway, let's talk about the game. Uh, so, I've been playing Goblin Sword. The developer is Eleftherios Christodolatos? Latos? Wouldn't that be awesome if that's actually just the person's name? Well, it is. So the last... What the fuck? The, no way! The last... Uh, at least the last word in that for the developer studio is the guy's last name. Because the actual... Uh, where was it? The actual programmer who's on this, his name is John Christodoulatos. So I don't know where the Eleftherios part comes in. I don't know if that's just him like being like that's a cool word. I want to put it there. Or if there's like some meaning to it, but that's besides the point. Um, so Goblin Sword is a game that originally released back in 2014 for mobile platforms. I didn't realize this uh, until later after I got it, um, but it's still fun. Uh, it's it's now just being released on Nintendo Switch as of February 20th, so a few days ago uh, as of the time of recording this podcast. Um it is basically a 2D platformer where you play this character who is uh, essentially the, the goblin sword has been stolen and some evil force is trying to use it and you're trying to get it back. Very, you know, brief storyline into it. But the way it works is, like I said, it's a 2D platformer where it, it plays very similar to if you've ever played Rogue Legacy, kind of that style of combat where it's like you... Ro- Love Rogue Legacy. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's not the same in like... It's not a roguelite. It's uh, the combat and the levels are all designed in a way where it's like, here's level one, level two, level three, level four kind of a thing. And you just go through stages um, and they're always the same. So it's not like randomly generated or anything, but the the actual platforming aspect of it and the, the combat of going through and fighting different enemies is very similar in that regard. Uh, another reason why it, it kind of reminds me of it is as you're playing through the game, each of these stages, you get uh, forms of currency. So it's like little gems that you're finding throughout the stage. And that equates to gold coins, um, 
when you add those those gems up and you're able to then go back to the shop and buy things so you're able to buy relics armor and weapons and the cool thing is these weapons all different have uh all have different abilities so it's based on range speed and attack damage and so each one will have different, uh, you know, scales of how strong it is, how fast it is, how long of a distance, you know, whether it's actually like a spear versus, you know, a dagger kind of a thing. Um, and the cool thing is, as you're playing on each of these stages, you get these weird orb things that drop and they are basically special attacks that you can use. And each of these weapons have different special attacks and like unique mechanics that they uh, play out. So it's it, it pushes you to constantly be like, oh, this one is stronger, but maybe it has a cooler special. So I want to actually buy this one or this one has more range because I keep fighting bosses, but I'm having a tough time because they get too close to me and keep hitting me. So it, it, it's, a, it's a fun little way where you can just keep playing a level. The levels are, are fairly short. Um, but some of them can be a little bit difficult in platforming and, and the enemies that you fight as you first start off. Um, but there's that progression element of, you know, you buy a new item or a weapon that makes you stronger, easily defeat other enemies or has, you know, a special power up. And you basically just go through defeating the levels. And as you defeat, I think it's you beat eight levels and then a boss will appear. And once you beat the boss, you'll then go to the next stage. But the cool thing is, from a re replayability stance, uh, each one of those stages, even though you're able to go to the next one, you could go back and there's like an additional 12 or, or more stages, different levels that you can play in that same world, and then eventually bosses afterwards. So there's more to do if you want to, or you could just keep going through with the story. I've played, uh, I think it's like five or six worlds so far, um, relatively, at least from, you know, the way it seemed, it's, it's, uh, looking at kind of like a couple hours worth of gameplay and it was only like three or four bucks on the eShop. So, I mean, I'm having a fun time with it. I think it's pretty good. Uh, keep in mind, like I said, this was an older mobile game that was ported, but it's, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think it's out of the mobile game world. It's one of the, you know, better of the many that are out there. Um, I'm having fun with it. Okay, so an update on this name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The developer, I guess, is actually called Gelato Games. Initially, I believe they went by that weird-ass name when mm. they uh, released it on iOS, but now that it's on Nintendo Switch, it seems like they've taken up the moniker of Gelato Games, which, no idea why. It's mm. definitely not easier to say. Um, yeah, there are indie game developers and brothers, John and... Uh, left Harris and then whatever that name is mm. so it seems like it was kind of like a combination of the two of their names oh yeah gelato games look at that interesting yeah, yeah. i like gelato games a lot better just because it's easier to say plus i love gelato mm. that stuff is good isn't it just kind of like ice cream but with egg it's delicious you shut your fucking mouth no, that's a legitimate question. Uh, is it just ice cream with egg? How is gelato different than ice cream? Gelato is the Italian word for ice cream. It starts out with you a looked similar that up so fast as ice cream, but has a higher portion of milk and a lower portion of cream and eggs, or no eggs at all. It's churned at a much slower rate, incorporating less air and leaving the gelato denser than ice cream. There you go. Hold up. Did you just say that that has less or no eggs? 
Yeah, it starts out with a similar custard base as ice cream, but has higher portion of milk and a lower portion of cream and eggs. Ew. I did not know that ice cream had eggs in it. I'm so turned <laughs> off by ice cream. Well, then you could always eat gelato instead. The weirdest thing about that was I've been so turned off by gelato because I thought it had eggs in it. Hilarious. Well, <laughs> everything you know is a lie. I know. The universe is a hologram. Um, sure is. Sadly, I have not played any games Loser. this week. Yeah, yeah. Sa- How dare I'm, you? I'm really kind of depressed about it, if I'm being honest. I, I don't know why I didn't play much. Like, I had a little bit of time. Um, It's okay. You know what? Why don't, why don't we – we'll do for the next week coming up, we'll play Temtem together. I'll force you to actually play a game. <gasps> you can play Temtem with me? Yeah, let's do it. We'll we'll, we'll make a oh, date. Hell yeah, we'll make dude. a date of it. <laughs> Okay, so you want to know something super depressing? When I initially bought Temtem, I wanted to actually do kind of like a first impression slash like review in progress kind of a thing uh-huh. um, and update it as it went on. But then I realized on my computer, I and this is partly the reason why I'm actually building a new PC, but on my computer... I have to run so Temtem doesn't lag. I have to run it at such a low oh, setting damn. that their faces are all like scrambled <laughs> and gross. It's so awesome. Have you ever watched um there's there's a YouTube channel that literally plays like n- newer games but on on shitty PCs. Yeah, like the shittiest PCs <laughs> and they'll rate the game and they'll be like these graphics are awful. <laughs> like <laughs> They're, that's awesome <laughs> yeah there's i don't know why it just made me think of that like as if you doing that there was one for the outer worlds that i saw recently that uh man it had me cracking up but yeah that that sounds like a struggle i i can't imagine having to look at that knowing that like this is not the quality that i should be getting for what i basically paid for <laughs> yeah but i will be i i am getting i am building a pc so within the next month or two i'm gonna have it now I'm going to be so stoked because I'm going to play a new world, you know? Nice. You know, big job, mm-hmm. Hell Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. That's to- not an indie game, though. So mm, let's. Mm, mm. Well. Yeah, let's get I mean, back on pace, okay? Oh, I'm we, so sorry. we can't get too far into the PC Master Race. That's true. I'm sorry, Josh. I got to keep you on track. I, I mean, can't let come you on, go. Come on, man. Let's talk about it. Let's go, let's go all through the weeds. Actually, I'm kind of nervous about it, too, because that's why I'm like, we should play Temtem, is because the stuff that's coming up right now. Uh, Yakuza just came out on Xbox Game Pass, and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I kind of want to try it. So. You're getting afraid you're gonna you're gonna become a like a Yakuza fan. Maybe and they got like I don't know freaking six games in that series. No, I think is it Yakuza Seven that's coming out? Soon? Yeah, yeah. That's a departure, and it's actually like a turn based. I'm game? actually like okay, so I want to see how I feel about this one. Um, but to be honest, I probably will love Seven based on what I've heard. Yeah, that is like a. It's heavily inspired by Dragon Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm speaking of inspiration. Ooh, though, let's do it. Let's hop into these news stories. So, this is where it comes to it. So we initially had a news story that was just saying that Yacht Club was teasing that they were doing a like a live stream today, but it obviously they did a live stream. So we got a bunch of news from it. Um, the two quick things I want to get out of the way right now, just because. Um, they're kind of just like dates or announcements of games. And then the real news story is this last one. Um, so let's talk about Cyber Shadow. It's finally got a release window, which is fall 2020. Super stoked for that one. I believe it's, they actually set a price, which is $15. Yep. 
This game looks dope, and we got a good trailer for it. <laughs> yeah. It looks awesome. I mean, it does look pretty cool. It, the problem is, like, looking at this game, I feel like this is one of those games where I'm like, this is going to be fun, and for some reason it'll just slip out of my radar, like, kind of a thing. I don't know. I... The, the more I look at it, the more it feels like something that will be fun, but wouldn't hold me through the entire playthrough, I guess. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see. Once it comes out and once the reviews come out, I'll, I'll have more of like a, all right, I got to try it or not. But right now it looks cool to me, but I just don't think I'll end up playing it. Hmm. All right. Don't know if it has lasting value. What about this other game? Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which has yet to be confirmed as a mobile title, by the way. Mm. They have yet I to mean, confirm. I mean, it looks like a mobile title, and it does yeah, say Pocket. Let alone it's called Pocket yeah. Dungeon. Yeah. Um, they have yet to confirm it's a mobile title, and they have yet to confirm a release like window or anything like that. It was kind of just an announcement. What do you think about this game? This one is more of like a... I don't want to say a puzzle match three game, but it seems very much like one. It's so it reminds me a lot of um, what is it? The uh, the music based dungeon crawler. They just recently made a Zelda version of it. Um, God, I can't remember the uh, game. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yes, it reminds me a lot of that because it looks like it's based on every time you move, the enemy moves. I don't know if that's correct or if it's just that you moving is at the same rate as the people dropping. Um, but the fact that you're able to just move all around the map and attack them, it reminds me a lot of that mechanic of like everything is moving at the same rate. Um, I think it's a very interesting change to the puzzle mechanic of like you have to match characters, but you're also damaging yourself each time you attack them. So you have to both take like a, a kind of like that risk approach of I have to actually watch my health and see if I can kill these people or I have to make sure I actually match as many people as I can because there's a risk of matching just, you know, a few people at a time. So I'm actually really excited for this. I think depending on how it actually turns out, I feel like this could be a game that I'm really into. The more I look at this, the more it seems like kind of a play on Tetris because they come from the top <clears throat> and like as they slowly move down, you're supposed to like clear blocks. So it seems like this is just highly inspired by Tetris with obviously like other inspirations as well because you could buy power-ups and you could do all sorts of other stuff. But Yeah, I, I really enjoy the twist on, on this type of genre of making it more like a, you know, a, an actual adventure game, but with this, you know, puzzle mechanic stretched in between each of those uh pieces which is usually lacking in a lot of puzzle games because it's more just the the emphasis on the puzzle but i think it makes sense especially with a character that's already well known to have a little bit more to it than just the like hey it's shovel knight doing this weird puzzle thing you know yeah yeah um and my favorite part about this and it's probably not a surprise I love that they're like kind of like squished chibi versions yeah, of all the people. I'm sure. <laughs> I think they're so cute. I really, really enjoy that. That's that's my favorite thing about Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. I I don't play mobile games all that much, so I don't know if I will actually get into it I when it comes like out. I feel like this will go on the Switch, though, anyway. Like, oh, yeah. I, that is also just expecting it to be a mobile title. It's probably coming to Switch. Yeah, as well, they'd like be crazy said. not to also put this on the Switch. Like, I feel like it. 
the Switch and mobile games do go very hand in hand. We just talked about how a mobile game was ported to the Switch, and like I think it's it is in that same lieu of uh, you know environment where you have that portability and the the emphasis on like being able to just pick it up and play that puzzle game on the go and then put it away kind of a thing like it's also uh, i'm pretty sure i think it was shovel knight we had an article uh, a couple weeks back a couple episodes back where we were saying that shovel knight most of their you know actual funds were because of the nintendo switch version like there's a very high percentage so i cannot uh fathom that they would just be like, yeah, let's not use our most uh, profitable console that we have right now. Like, it just wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, you'd lose out on all those customers. For sure. At least it launched, which I imagine if it launched on mobile and then came to Switch, they would still get nearly the same amount of money, but I imagine it would just releasing simultaneously on Switch and mobile would be a good idea. Yeah, and it even says currently uh, the release date, the official, uh, the official press kit... Uh, no, no, no. The release date and platforms are 2BD, TBD, according to the official press kit, but shortly after, PlayStation uploaded a trailer for the game onto its YouTube channel. So... Oh, shit! We have uh, an inkling that PlayStation might have it. And if PlayStation has it, I'll be damned if Switch doesn't. Oh, yeah. If anything, they're coming to Nintendo first. Like, there's no way that they release on PlayStation before Nintendo. Mm. I don't think. I mean... Technically, yes, Shovel Knight did come to PlayStation before the Nintendo Switch, but that's also because, you know, the Switch wasn't out then. And it also came to Wii U and 3DS, so I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Speaking of Shovel Knight, (laughs) we've got more Shovel Knight news from this live stream. Uh, This news story is actually over from on Twinfinite. It's written by Grayson Morales. Great guy. Super cool guy. Um, This is Shovel Knight developers currently have two entirely new games in development. Uh, During Jakob's games... Yacht Club Games live stream uh, presentation today. The studio revealed that it is currently working on two entirely new games that are still a ways off. Yacht Club Games' Sean uh, Velasco, yeah. I believe is how you say his name. That sounds right. Um, had this to say about their new titles in the works from the famed Shovel Knight developers. Speaking... Jesus, I got to swallow. I was like, I speaking... got way too much in my mouth, dude. <laughs> I am speaking now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to prepare you. I needed you to shut I, up while I, I read. Now, I now know. I'm so sorry. Please continue. Yeah, don't distract me. God, <laughs> we all know that I need a complete concentration like a wizard. Um, okay, speaking of new things, you might be wondering what we're making next. Uh, we can finally confirm that we've begun internal development on new projects. That's right, projects, as in more than one. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting to see a brand new IP from Yacht Club Games? If you love Shovel Knight, then you'll surely be interested in these games as well. Rest assured that our signature approach to game design characters and story will be uh, front and center. These brand new games are a ways off. Uh, please begin to imagine. I, I do think this is interesting the way he says this. Um, these brand new games are a ways off, but please begin to imagine what kind of games we'll be crafting during 2020, the year of the rat. What? They're going to, you know, all those rats that are in Shovel Knight? They're going to make a whole game out of those guys. All their little, like, that would be interesting things. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated those, but yeah, I did like how you could just like pogo on them and they fall to their deaths. You're like, I feel like this plan wasn't thought out well. Yeah, yeah. maybe you they'll, definitely uh, like they're gonna make uh, you know 
the what's that one plague game that I just called? <laughs> They'll make the the sequel. They'll work on it. A plague tale. Um, yeah, a plague tale innocence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll just do that, but with their rats instead. Dude, I'd with love to see a mod rats? of that, like a plague tale, but just the rats from <laughs> from the helicopter rats. Yeah. Like we can never escape them. <laughs> That would suck so bad. It would. I would just die. Also, it is kind of interesting that they say, like, uh, you might be wondering what we're doing next. We can finally confirm that we've begun internal development on new projects. They confirmed on the No Clip podcast on its, like, most recent podcast. Or, no, um, somebody went on, not the most recent one, because that was uh, somebody from Doom, but the one before that, they, the person who went on, I forget who it was, actually talks about like them working on something new and starting internal development already mm-hmm. on something new. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, it was interesting. I don't know if you actually watched the 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 direct, but <laughs> while they were doing this, it was kind of funny. They were like, we're working on new stuff. And they kept showing uh, video of people in the office like working and talking, kind of like, you know, just random B-roll of, of like standard office stuff, but it was all of them. But anytime it would show a computer screen or like a notebook on the table, it would be blurred out. <laughs> So that you couldn't see what they're actually working on. It would have been so much funnier if they just like covered it with a shovel knight sticker or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like digitally, like put a shovel knight head in there or something stupid. It was it was very strange. Um, which I mean, I'm super excited for it though because I think, you know, I don't really care. Like shovel knight is definitely good. Um, there's a lot of qualities to it that are super super just spot on with what they were going for but i i'd really like to see kind of what this studio can come up with next because you know there's there's good writing in these there's a good amount of platforming finesse that they've shown that they can you know mirror in their games and i really want to see an actual new ip after all of the being stuck in the shovel knight world um just because as good as all of those games are, I think a breath of fresh air for this team and for, you know, the people consuming products from Yacht Club will be uh, kind of not, I don't want to say deserved, but it will be appreciated because I don't know. I think they do good stuff and I'd like to see what they can actually change from, you know, not being uh, restricted to that kind of world. Yeah, it is also cool that they're kind of like licensing out this IP to other indie devs, mm-hmm. so that even um, even if you want more Shovel Knight content, you're not like you're not being thrown off because now they have like Pocket Dungeon, they have Dig, like you get your Shovel Knight fix no matter what. It just doesn't m- mean that Yacht Club has to work on it specifically. Yeah, I think it makes sense because I think you know they they still own the IP, they still want to be a part of it, but now they have companies that are partnering with them, and they get to say like, hey, you know, you're in charge of making the game, but like we're going to consult and make sure that you're not going way out of you know uh, the franchise's uh, actual boundaries. But I I definitely am like I'm more excited about Shovel Knight Dig because I think it's more in my realm of type of games, and I I am a big fan of Nitrome and their work, so I'm super excited with what that amounts to. So I'm actually glad that they're you know licensing it out to other uh, developers. Plus because it's good um, just for you know those smaller indie devs who are you know try to up and coming uh, 
try to up and come into the the field themselves to actually have an IP that's famous to be like, oh, those are the guys who worked on Shovel Knight. Like the next thing they do, maybe Nitrome will be bigger now because they made Bomb Chicken, which was a good game. But like, I don't think that really went anywhere for their, uh, you know, main influence when people talk about like when shovel knight dig started coming up in in the media no one really talked about that no one really knew about nitro they were just like oh nitro are these people who did a bunch of flash games back in the day which they you know they were but it's like well they also worked on more relevant stuff but it just wasn't as known yeah the weirdest thing about shovel knight dig was that there were like people who would talk about the game but not know at all that it wasn't actually developed by yacht club yeah yeah yeah. well that i mean that is kind of an an issue that's the same thing we've talked about with like devolver digital or like chucklefish is like yeah when someone is a big enough publisher or in this case when the ip is so big like you're not and synonymous with a certain developer exactly you're not gonna immediately think of them so there is some kind of pushback on that but i think it's good from like a uh I guess more of like a resume standpoint or like, you know, they'll have more credibility in the field, maybe with more developers or, you know, more industry leaders. I don't know. Um, But I I think it's still good because at least I'm sure Shovel Knight Dig will get way more money uh, for, you know, Nitrome if it was just like random boy dig. Like they're not going to get the same kind of hype behind it, even if it is as good of a game. Yeah, just using the IP will actually help them get the word out and increase sales. Right. Do you think that uh, Yacht Club, like later down the road, will ever return to the like the Shovel Knight IP? Mm, I mean, I think so. I think it also depends on how these two games kind of pan out. You know, if these are two like major flops, I could definitely see them going back because they're like, oh, we gotta we gotta go back to you know our roots kind of a thing we got to make sure that we actually have money to keep the company afloat um but at the same time i think uh it would be a long time otherwise before they go back to it because like real they just created like they, basically four shovel knight yeah games. realistically like <laughs> what do you really want next like i guess you could make one for every night which yeah you could do but like that's gonna get exhausting uh there's people who have already expressed a you know a lack of interest just because they're like it's the same thing over and over again which i I disagree but like i understand why um so i i feel like even if they wanted to from a marketing standpoint and just from like uh, keeping your ip fresh i think it makes more sense to leave it for a while and let it cook so that people can you know, a couple of years from now, be like, man, you know what I really want? Another Shovel Knight campaign. That would be great. Like, because right now, yeah, there's going to be some people who, who want that, but like others are going to be like, I just had like four of them. I bought, like, there's going to be people who just bought Treasure Trove, played four straight campaigns and are like, I'm pretty good on Shovel Knight, you know? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of being lukewarm on a video game, <laughs> let's move on to our next news story. This one is over on Nintendo Life. It's written by Ryan Craddock, and it is Kunai Team discusses the very stressful impact of Metacritic review bombing. I'm going to skip the first part of that uh, with the exception of, let's get this out of the way real quick, just the definition of review bombing. It's when people go to different like aggregate sites like Metacritic or OpenCritic. Uh, Sometimes they do it on Steam as well, and they submit a mass amount of negative reviews even though they like i'm not saying they haven't played the game but they 
might not actually have those feelings about it. It's pretty much just to fuck up the review score of the video game. Yep. That's what Messed review up people. is. Would you say that was a sufficient definition of what review bombing is? Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I, I don't think it's always – because one of the things, and they get more into this in the article, is it's like it, it might be the same person who's just doing it over and over again. It could be Oh, yeah. Of, Apparently, this person said that they did like 200 reviews. Yeah, so like it, it might not even be a, a large group of people. It could just be a small select group that is just trying to make this person – you know this or this game this company whatever uh, have terrible ratings from a user review scale yeah it all just depends on how hard it is to game the system i guess uh this article goes on it says uh we've almost come to expect it with certain major releases speaking about review bombing by the Mm -hmm. way uh both major pokemon releases have been targeted on switch uh and with fans being quick to accuse uh actually i'm gonna skip that part too because yeah uh, pokemon review bombed at a time astral chain was uh like one of the i think shadow of the tomb raider has been one Mm, of the hitman games has been like a bunch of different games i remember shadow of the tomb raider specifically because it had like just gone on sale or some shit like that or no oh it was was just released and then it went on sale like almost immediately after and people were so pissed that they review bombed it (laughs) yeah that one was crazy um so Let's get into this. Uh, game programmer Benjamin DeJager, I believe is how you say his name, uh, managed to find out that in Kunai's case, because Kunai was review bombed on Metacritic, uh, there was only one person to blame, which is extra unusual. In a blog post on Gamasutra, he presented evidence of a Reddit user almost boasting about their review bombing antics, explaining that they manipulated Metacritic's review system, uh, the bomber said. I, I made like 200 different accounts just to ruin the game score. Some of the negative impacts of an act like uh, an act like this are obvious. Uh, why w- or would you spend money on a game that you saw had lots of seemingly real user? Uh, what users appear to be overly disliking it? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, but it goes much deeper than that. The folks over at GamesIndustry.biz have shared an interview with the producer Bram. Steg, Stage, something like that. Um, and Datumu, interesting, uh, <laughs> head of marketing. Um, okay, dude, I'm just going to skip over that one because I'm not even going to try. Uh, who explained the very stressful impacts of a review bombing can have. <coughs> uh, we've shared some select quotes below. I think this is DeSosa, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, He goes on to say, review bombings are something we see from time to time, but usually not an indie game, usually not on indie games, and usually they have a message behind it because developers change something because the online is really bad. uh, Unusually, or usually there's an agenda behind it, but here it's just a random dude picking a random game to review bomb because they can. Uh, Steeg said, or Steg, I don't know, uh, it causes stress. You hope that the audience of Metacritic is smart enough to see, oh, they got an 8.3 from critics and a 1.6 from players, so there must be something up. Uh, you hope it doesn't affect sales. I don't know if it if it affected sales uh but it does generate a lot of stress 
you've been working for two years on this game, you put all your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and then one guy on a Sunday afternoon with basically no effort can bomb your score from a big positive score to a 1.7. It's very stressful. Uh, it also has an effect on a studio going forward. Um, especially when it comes to learning about what games gamers like and disliked about certain game features. Uh, DeSosa went on to say, we're always looking at reviews. It's interesting just to have the feedback. Uh, we... Sorry, I lost my place for some reason. You're good. Uh, when you're working on the game for two years, you get tunnel vision and you don't always see... Uh, other points of view uh sometimes we see reviews and it's just someone who played the game for 20 minutes and gave it a zero so it doesn't depend on the quality so it does depend on the quality of reviews but someone who played the game for 30 hours and gave good feedback whether it's positive or negative is a really interesting read wow so how do you feel about this review bonding dude i'm reading the actual reddit posts of like the guy talking about this what an idiot he goes on a, a huge rant about uh, how he initially did this once to like Pokemon Sun and Moon because they took out some girl that he like just like some some girl he couldn't he was standing some chick yeah something <laughs> like that and he was just like pissed off and then he was like oh so to like kind of show this as an example of how shitty Metacritic is, I did it to a random game. So I picked Kunai. Like literally there is no reason he did this other than it was just to show, he just could. to show he could. And because he was apparently high, like at the last part, he's like, uh, and also bombed a random game on Metacritic because of anger. I will admit I was kind of high when I was doing that and writing this, but still, like, this guy's just high, angry, and just is like, Metacritic is stupid. I'm going to take it out on this kunai game. Fuck this game. Like, what? what is your problem? It's one, literally one guy has destroyed kunai from a Metacritic standpoint, which means there's potentially, and, you know, this really sucks for indie developers because they have it as hard as they can, but, like, there's people who aren't going to know that this happened aren't going to ever see anything about this. Look at the user score. It's going to be 1.7 and they're going to be like, ah, shit game. Don't buy. And that's it. Yeah. They're, I'm trying to remember what news story it was. I don't know if it was possibly something I heard on uh, screencast or not. Kind of funny screencast. They might've been talking about it on there about how I think IMDB does movie reviews and people were like review bombing certain movies. So then you had to actually prove that you had seen the movie mm. to then review it. I mean, Do you think we'll eventually go towards something like that where to to combat review bombing, which I guess if there is a positive from this, it shows that this guy, like this guy is showing that it's so easy to review bomb games that maybe Metacritic will change their system and make hopefully. it a lot harder for this to happen. Similar to how Steam has been doing recently. But... <sighs> Well, I guess, actually, I mean, did they even, like, did Steam change the way that they did reviews, or did they just erase people's negative reviews? Usually, well, I think, from what I remember, I think it's that they just rem remove it. Because it's not hard to make a Steam account, either. Like, yeah. But you just have to have an email. Yeah, which is the same as Metacritic. I think it's just not as done as often, because uh, I believe you have to own the game on Steam to make the review. 
I I believe it. Um, cause it like, it even recommends yeah, after once you've, you've played it for like an hour or so. Yeah, once you've purchased it, there'll be like an opening to review it. So I, and I mean, I might be wrong, but that being said, like, I definitely think this is kind of a call to action on Metacritic's part where it's like, at least do something or be quicker. Like the fact that this has been out, like this story has been out for a while and Metacritic Critic has it still at a 1.7, I believe. Uh, let me take a look though. I might be wrong. While you're doing that, let me ask you a question. All right. Is Kunai a roguelike? Uh, no. I don't remember anything in that game. Okay, no, it is. Was it is back to 7.6. That's good, at least. Oh, that's good. Yeah, at yeah, least yeah. they took action and kind of, like, fixed it. Yeah, that is good, because that's pretty messed up. So I'm I'm glad that Metacritic at least is on top of it for the most part. Um but like it still shouldn't be that easy to do, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, the reason I asked about the roguelike thing is cuz the title for Nintendo Life's review of Kunai is Kunai's pacing problems undermine this otherwise likable roguelike. It's not a roguelike. I mean, yeah, I would classify it as a Metroidvania. I wouldn't classify it as a roguelike. I mean, it has... Even the developers classify it as a Metroidvania. Yeah, I don't... Because, I mean, I wouldn't really... There's not really roguelike elements. There's more RPG and progression elements, which are still, you know, very similar to a Metroidvania. So I would still just keep it in that category. Like, usually when you think of roguelike, it's, you know, more of that... uh, actual dying and restarting in certain worlds roguelike elements usually make it so it's not as harsh where it's not you know full retry each time it's usually more like oh okay well you're you have the progression of upgrading your character which can go then back into that and then it's more of you know not as uh debilitating or you know not forgiving um but you really don't get that same kind of style with this. This is more of just like your classic Metroid game. Yeah, super weird. Let's end the news. The main All right, story. The news is over. Specifically, oh no, I was gonna say let's nope, end. No it more with... news. It's over. Oh, okay. Ah, this is kind of news cram. Uh, <laughs> let's end it on a good note with this next news story over in Nintendo Life, written by Ryan Craddock. It is almost a thousand players gave to charity via. Uh, Lydia's donation DLC on Switch and a new bundle is now available. This one's just a real quick one, but I wanted to end on something nice. Um, Last month saw the launch of Lydia on Switch, a narrative game that's based on real experiences and tragic childhood memories of its developers. Um, I'm not going to read the shameless pug for their review. Uh, The game (laughs) launched alongside an optional $1 DLC uh, purchase, which gives players an in-game coloring book for Lydia, uh, but more importantly, helps raise money for fragile children or fragile childhood, (laughs) not fragile fragile children out there. <laughs> uh, Fragile Childhood, a nonprofit organization uh, preventing harm caused by parental substance abuse. Uh, today, publisher Nakana.io has revealed that almost a thousand players have generously spent their money on the DLC, releasing a full game and bundle uh, as a result. So, this is just something nice. Yeah. A $1 DLC ended up generating like a thousand dollars basically for a charity i mean that's great especially when you think of like you know this is an indie game this is very uh you know niche uh in its style i'm sure there's 
also a much smaller player base than you would get from, you know, many of the games out there. So I think it is super cool that, you know, there is at least a thousand people out there who saw that and were like, all right, yeah, I'll give a dollar, you know it's it's not the biggest donation in the world but a thousand dollars is a big deal for you know the people who it goes to that it can actually help out for if everyone chips in a dollar then you know it can amount to something substantial yeah we talked about a couple of different like charities that indie games have been basically like donating to for the most part like how we talked about that one game that on their website specifically they were donating like all of the proceeds to uh the wildlife Mm -hmm. like the wildfire efforts in australia Mm -hmm. i wish we would have gotten updates from those i think it would have been cool yeah um yeah i don't know i'd I'd have to look just any sort of yeah to see like how much money actually went to it or like you know what what percentages because because that was our, our main concern was like how much is going to steam which is a, a, a only a percentage of it and how much are people actually going to the website and paying the you know the full hundred percent to go to charity yeah or like the uh how humble bundle had that like <clears throat> that they had a bundle that all the proceeds went mm-hmm. to the wildfires in australia and stuff like that it would have been cool to basically get any sort of updates on those because it is nice to hear back from these developers doing these things and seeing that they got any measure of success because in a way that might like incentivize other developers to do the same right and it might incentivize people to actually uh go for give like yeah give for (laughs) because like this is definitely a different one because this is more of the developer being like i can't give up money like myself because i have to eat kind of a thing yeah Um, but by you know giving that option of like hey this is a cause that we really stand by and you know because of what the game is all about like we can't give our own money but if you're willing to or if we've you know if anyone out there has had this kind of issue like we're giving you the avenue to uh you know actually give to that community so i think it's i think it's definitely different i think it's still good because this is one of those things where like you know you don't have to do it if you don't want to there's no there's no force that's saying you have to give a dollar to pay for this dlc there's no nothing that has to tell you that you have to give to charity but this is if you want to it's an option yeah it's a very nice story i enjoy it now let's move into news cram 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 that was a good one. Thank you. That, was, that one just like slid off the tongue. It was kind of like, uh, I want to say scat, but I know that's poop. Yeah. What is that no, kind that is, of... No, that is scat. That... That's <laughs> also <laughs> that? Something like that. Was that like, like the Super Mario World like song that you just did? No, I was just saying cram a bunch of times. I don't know what song it was. Maybe it was. I, I swear that tune was like Mario World or something. No, that would be more like. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it kind of was. It would be like cram, 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 like something like that. All right, for those who like the cram segment. I'm glad they got multiple cram songs. Oh yeah, okay? I feel I feel real <laughs> stuffed right now. I am I am all crammed out. <laughs> uh, News cram is our weekly wrap up segment where we, the hosts of Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast, oh, newly oh. known as Indie Pod. Oh, I was gonna say. I was Indie like, Games what are you Podcast. doing? <laughs> we yeah, just changed our name. Oh, I'm just going to say for the rest of this episode, but after this episode, going forward, we are known as Indie Pod. Mm. Just letting you guys know. The Indie Pod. Make it real easy for you. That's true. Uh, 
This is where we cram you full of all sorts of indie games news stories. Uh, this week in News Cram, we have just a buttload, like four, wow. I guess, which That's is a whole buttload. Yeah. That's a good cram, I if, I, if I ever heard so. I know. I was like, I feel a little ashamed that I just said buttload and <laughs> freaking news cram. <laughs> so we got a bunch of quick news stories for you before we hop into some awesome deals and some new stuff. Uh our first quick news story for today comes by way of Twinfinite, where it's reported that creature collection game Temtem by Crema has officially sold over 500,000 copies. That's a lot. As well as the... Yeah, that's a shitload. Uh, as well, especially for $35. Mm-hmm. That's a good Man. amount of money. I could I could go for that kind of money. Yeah, 35 over 500,000. That would be pretty sweet. Pretty pretty sweet. I, I mean, except for, you know, that like 25% cut that steam gets for some reason ah these monsters <laughs> uh as well as the news that the developers are currently working on a roadmap for the game and all its upcoming updates uh next over on GameSpot, where it's reported that gears for breakfast the developer behind popular 3d platformer hat in time is currently working on getting the game's two dlcs on playstation 4 mm. and xbox one I don't know why. All they've said is they've had some sort of like technical difficulties in dealing with these DLCs on these That's weird. platforms. I don't know so, what would have been different, but mm. especially since like they're on PC and Nintendo Switch, they have those updates on both, just not PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Yeah, I don't know what that issue would be. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, super weird. Damn, it sucks because I just want them to make a new game, but whatever. I mean, get your DLC to everybody, okay? I guess. Let everybody, like, sink their toes into, I don't know, any of the DLCs for a hat in time. Just any of them, I guess. <laughs> Just sink their toes and everything. <laughs> uh, as well as reporting that the entire collection of SteamWorld games are headed to Google Stadia at a later date, uh, with Stadia Pro members getting both SteamWorld Dig 2 and SteamWorld Quest for no additional charge. And lastly, over on Nintendo Life, it's reported that Team 17, the publishers behind many an indie game, including Overcooked, uh, have just partnered with One More Dream Studios to bring puzzle platformer Ageless to Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Now on to some new deals and quick steals. Uh, this week we have two deals that are guaranteed to save you guys some money. Um, guys and gals, sorry. Hot damn! <laughs> uh, first, uh, for this... Sorry, I'm fucking having an issue reading my own writing. I hate it. Um, first... For the week spanning February 27th to March 5th, you can get Exploration Game Inner Space uh, completely free on the Epic Game Store. And lastly, if you uh, head over to Humble Bundle, you can now get an amazing deal for upwards of $10 that includes Slay the Spire, Armello, For the King, and more. This deal only lasts until March 10th, so make sure you get it while you can. This is kind of your bundle, dude. Yeah. Slay the Spire. I mean, for the king, I don't I mean, know if you like Armello, but... I already have them, though. I mean, I don't have Armello, but I already have Slay the Spire and for the king. Yeah, but you don't have Armello, though. Mm. And there was, like, three other games in there. Let's see. There's let a me, lot of games in that look. bundle. Let me look at this bundle. Oh, I actually did want this, because I kind of wanted Gremlins, but I just wanted to pay you the $1. You fucking bitch. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> I mean, I'm only going to pay the $1 one to get the, the, the first tier. I don't need I don't need no Armello. I mean maybe. I, I always see it. I'm always like eh, it might be fun, but 
It looks very interesting. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I haven't physically, but I haven't played it. What so. the fuck? Get okay, high. it's been a while since I've said something like that. I'm just saying, I feel proud of myself that I haven't said that in a long time. That's kind of interesting that Pop-Up Dungeon comes with it. I have that game too. That's one of the bonuses from this is a Pop-Up Dungeon demo. I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's a very like niche, like really weird uh, game where you're playing as kind of like a pop-up book essentially all your characters are like made of cardboard that are like folded together in a weird way but it's like a roguelite dungeon crawler uh tactics yeah, you game. did a full review on parallax for it right did i oh no that was yeah when, way back when I, I there was a time where when i was doing parallax stuff where i did like an indie game spotlight every week and i oh, okay. i would do like uh hey this is a cool indie game that you might not know about but there wasn't a lot of traction with it there like i remember the the view count was like really low so i ended up just killing that initiative all right <laughs> uh, let's move on to some new stuff our first seven items in new stuff come by way of nintendo life where it's reported that adventure game at figment creed valley by bedtime digital games is headed to the nintendo switch sometime this fall that medical sim two point hospital by two point studios is out now on the nintendo switch as of this recording uh that action roguelike game spartan fist by glass bottom games is headed to the nintendo switch on february 28th that visual novels seabed uh by paleontology i believe is how you actually say the developer's name uh, is headed to the nintendo switch on march 19th that are jrpg rfl and that's a-r-a space f-e-l-l rfl mm-hmm. uh by stegosoft games is headed to the nintendo switch on march 26th that roguelike one step from eden by thomas moon kang is headed to the nintendo switch on march 26th and that action platformer king lucas by devilish games is available on the nintendo switch as of this recording uh and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's reported that action adventure game disc room by terry dose kitty and jw the team behind minute uh will release sometime in autumn of 2020 that action game ruiner by wrecking games is headed to the nintendo switch sometime soon that one was really ambiguous they put it in like fucking binary it was weird as shit but apparently somebody decoded it and it said sometime soon which is pretty underwhelming yeah um (laughs) that's a good uh time frame there Ah, oh, this one's going to suck because I don't know how to say the name. Uh, that horror game, World of Horror, by Panstags. Maybe. Wow. It's, okay, let me spell this out for you. It's P-A-N-S-T-A-S-Z. Yeah. How would you say that? Yeah, Panstags works for me. All or right, let's go with that one then. It's something like that. Uh, it was just added to the massive library of games within Xbox Game Pass on PC. Specifically, just PC. Not console. Just letting you know. Perfect. Um, and lastly, that medieval sim Mountain Blade Two Bannerlord by Tell Tailwords Entertainment is launching uh, in Steam early access on March thirty first. So, Big Josh boy, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our last segment or second to last segment. Almost. God bless the crowd. This is where we hop into all 
sorts of crowdfunding sites, specifically Big Josh Boy does, finds some awesome games for us to talk about, and we do just that. This week, we've got Dungeon Drafters, a roguelike dungeon crawler that draws upon the magic of cards. This team is looking for $12,336. That's their goal. They, at the time of this recording, have $13,329 with 373 backers and 20 days left to go. To get in on the ground floor and actually get the game, you have to pay $25. Mm-hmm. Okay, Big Josh Boy, how you feel about this one? It's got cards. It's got dungeon crawling. It's got roguelite. I mean, really, this is this your is, jam. This is my jam. This, uh, Yeah, so the one difference with this is it's a card game. It's a roguelike. Uh, but it, it plays into uh, like a strategy game, a turn-based strategy, kind of similar to something like Fire Emblem. Uh, it, it reminds me, we talked about this before the podcast, it, it reminds me the card-based mechanic and like fighting mechanic of it, very similar to like a Mega Man battle network, especially with the art style to this game as well, because it has a very, um, very like anime kind of cartoony uh, aesthetic to it that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. I like how they have these accentuated animations where running yeah, is so cartoony. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoy a lot that's going on in this game. I think that the turn based, like uh, strategy based combat of it is a little bit of a turnoff for me. Cause I'm generally not that crazy with that style of, of gameplay. It, it just usually gets old for me. Um, but a lot of this looks really unique. Uh, the fact that they have all the different card types and like card groups to build out different types of decks, the fact that you have a different, uh, characters. So they each, I'm assuming have different abilities based on the character you're playing, which is this one like girl and this bunny looking character. They both have different ones. They have they start out with different uh, card archetypes. Mm-hmm. So um, the mage, which is the girl with red hair, has a raider and oracle deck, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's based. Um, its essence is subtlety. Uh, its playstyle is strategic, and um, it aspires control. And then raider is uh, power, aggressive, and destruction. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's a mix between strategic thinking and uh, like really aggressive gameplay right. whereas the uh the explorer is traveler and warden which is um traveler is uh the playstyle is positional the essence is speed and it aspires momentum and then warden is uh, tactical res- uh, resilience and safety so it looks like it's kind of like a moving tank mm. at least for that one yeah and then there's I, I really like the the last one which I guess, stranger yeah, stranger which is the essence of chaos playstyle is tricky and aspires transgression like that's probably what I would end up trying to build a deck with uh, but I think it's it's interesting they they mention that like that's what the starting decks are but as you progress, you can always change yeah it. as you progress you yeah. can change whatever cards you want so you can build you know whatever character to be whoever you want them to be I'm kind of hoping there's like still passive abilities for each character and uh hope that there's a little bit more to it than just the visual aspect of it but at the same time i do like that they give you that option of like hey here's these starting decks because it's good to at least give you that you know that balance of like these are two different totally uh you know uh, play styles that uh it seems like that would be more like we talked about uh, more of a tank who's more on uh, actually positioning themselves correctly versus someone who's more about like aggression and just 
maybe more glass cannon type of character. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, all in all, though, I think it's it's definitely my style. I think the twenty five dollars is a little high from a Kickstarter perspective, but yeah. but this game looks really fleshed out uh, at the stage that it's at already, and looks really cool. So. <laughs> I'm, and I'm also expecting, I don't know why, it just seems kind of like JRPG-ish to me. So it seems like this is going to be a game that's relatively long. I might just be making an assumption on that. Um, but that also might be a reason why it's $25 because it's a, a you know bigger game, perhaps. Um, but also it's it's not unheard of to pay $25 for a Kickstarter game. And you know when this comes out, it'll probably be something like, you know, $30, $40 anyway. So you'd still probably get a discount regardless. Um, and it's, it's also just to be, you know, a part of that, you know, community to say like, Hey, I was the person who backed this kind of a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I like just about everything about this. This is more of me just being like, do I want to shell out the 25 bucks? Yeah. I, I love so much about this game. I mean, I love it. I love its art. I love its character design. Mm-hmm. I love all the animation. There's so much about it that I love, but the gameplay itself, the deck building and like the kind of like card battling system and in a way like turn-based combat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're they don't really resonate with me. I yeah. I play a little bit, but I don't play a lot. So a $25 like price tag for me is a bit steep. Yeah, for sure. Um this will be one that I, I definitely will get, but it's going to be when it comes out, uh, like on sale, probably like a year after it comes out. Because I am looking forward to it. This game looks dope. Yeah. And and at the same time, like I'm right there with you. I, we've talked about this before where the reason why I always go into being like, I don't like card games is because there's a big proportion of card games that generally are this style of you get a ton of cards and a lot of the fun is people being like, oh, I'm going to build different decks and I'm going to take my time and I'm going to find out all these different cards and I'm going to play with them and kind of put them here. And this is the build that I like. I don't like that strategy part when it's just okay, sit down and, and play around with your cards and figure out what you want. The reason why I like games like Slay the Spire so much is because it takes that element of the elongated sit down and really think about it for an immaculate amount of time and instead says, here's the cards you're going to get. This is random. You have to play it out and try to find out what's going to be the best for you. And based on the choices that are given to you, you build a deck from that. And I, I really enjoy that a lot better because it it... it you know, keeps the pace of the game quicker, uh, which is always one of my concerns with card games is just, I don't like sitting down and being like, all right, I'm going to plan this out for like forever where I'm not actually in combat that much. So it's one of those things where that's a piece that also makes me nervous just based on my style of enjoying games. It would probably be that if I did get this game, I would just spend a lot less time and just go into it probably with the starting deck and just be like, all right, I'm just going to keep rolling with this. And every once in a while, I'll just throw a card in and, or not kind of a thing. So I don't, I don't really know. Um, if like, if you're into card games, if you're into strategy games, I definitely recommend this. This looks super dope from just like you were saying uh, all angles aesthetically like from the actual gameplay mechanics wise like there's a lot that's good about this 
Yeah, even if this doesn't sound like a game you'd want to play, I'd recommend everyone just checking it out For sure. and just looking at this art style because it's so nice. And there is something I have to say because I always bring up trailers. This game has a great trailer and yeah. it does something that not many games do, which is something that I, I absolutely love when you do trailers. You start off fast, you start off heavy, you get into the game mechanics, you actually show people kind of the world, but then you end off the trailer on this soft and more like charismatic note, which they ended off with just this short like little stint of your character fishing. Yeah. And they actually like have that in the Kickstarter. They're just like, there's fishing in this game. Why? Why not? Why not? Kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I do really like that. Uh yeah, you can simply uh, you simply cannot make a good RPG without a fishing minigame in it. So <laughs> there you go. I, I just love that little bit of added charisma yeah. in this game. Um, I would absolutely check it out. If you guys are interested in the gameplay or you're just listening to this at all, check it out. Look at it. It looks awesome. Uh, and hopefully people will back it even more so we get to see the cool like stretch goal characters that they'll do because I definitely think that they'll have them, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so. I mean... We'll have to see. I'm uh, I'm super excited to see where it goes. This is one of those, one of those ones where I'm like, God, I'm gonna keep seeing this every week when I pick out this game, and I'm gonna keep being like, Should I give them my money? <laughs> <laughs> uh, any last thoughts you want to say about Dungeon Drafters over on Kickstarter? No, I think we covered it. All right, then. Time to move on to our true last segment of the podcast. These are our random questions. I tweet out a link every Monday uh, for random questions. I, of course, also uh, let you guys know, give you updates, be like, hey, give us questions on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, I try to be good about it. This week, I almost forgot. Just letting you know. Wow. Yeah. We're shame. Very close. Very close to forgetting, but I did not. We got a bunch of questions in from a couple people, so I'm super excited. I just, like, yawned. I know. Like, yeah, you seem real excited right now. Yeah, uh, you yeah. You just uh, <laughs> chomping at the bits there. Uh, Chris Penwell writes in and says, pitch a remake of an old game of your choice. Go. Mm, okay. What remake do you want? Uh, well, uh, I'd love a remake of Pe- Paper Mario. I've been talking about this for a while. Give me my Paper Mario, damn it. They did it with Bug Fables, which was, you know, an independent uh, developing studio that just made a game that was basically Paper Mario, uh, but with bugs, um, which was a great game, but I want my Paper Mario. I mean, Mario. don't just, like, pass over that, dude. It's got bugs, dude. It's got, it's got bugs. bugs. It's got cute bugs, too. They're pretty cute. Exactly. You're just, like, glancing over the fact it's got cute bugs. I know. It's big Josh boy. But, no, I, I mean, there's a couple that I could think of. I would want a new Paper Mario. I'd want uh, a remaster. I know it's, yeah, I guess, like, remaster, remake of uh, the Super Mario RPG. Um, I want a remake of Chibi Robo, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, because you don't like Ziplash for some odd reason. Dude, they're totally different games. Totally I know I've different. never played Chibi Robo. I've only played Ziplash. The original Chibi Robo is like real chill, where you're the little Chibi Robo, and your job is literally to just be like an assistant 
And so you, your main jobs are like clean the floor and take care of chores and do all this weird stuff. But there's like this management system of you walking around and your battery's running out and you got to charge up and you, all the things that you're doing cost that battery. And then as you're going through the house, you find all these little secrets and locked places and all the other toys are alive. So like the army people are shooting at you in one room and you have to like scaffold your way through and, and get like, I, there's a lot of cool things about it. I love that game back in the day and i think uh a remake of that would be pretty sweet not the actual ziplash one fuck that <laughs> um for re for re for re fuck am i even saying for <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, remake that I'd actually really like to see, and this is something that a lot of people want, especially because they've already remade uh, Mega Man, like Mega Man X, now Mega Man Zero. I really just want the Battle Network games remade. That'd be kind of cool. Like that's yeah, that was a good. It's game. not. Yeah, they're, they're like it's a cool series, and I definitely want them to re-release those weird ass like gauntlets that you could buy. Mm. That shit was dope. <laughs> they won't, but that's the those were cool. I never got to play with them, but I remember friends having them. Yeah, they cool. Yeah. You know they what cool. I'd love to to see? I want a Zombie Ate Your Neighbors remake. That was one of my favorite games back in the day, and that has gone Let nowhere. Me look at this bad boy. You, zombie ate your neighbors. I've never even you've heard. Never of heard zombies. Oh my god, man! That was the, that was like one of my favorite games on the SNES. Oh fuck! Just kidding. I've played this game. <laughs> Dude, I, I just didn't remember its name. I love this game. It's so good. I wish they would remake this. It was. They could remake this and even make it like. I don't know if that would make it shitty if they did like a third person thing. It probably would. It wouldn't be the same, but like, I don't know, something to, to change it up. But I, I, I love this game. I thought it was so cool. Oh, I, I think they, I just saw recently, they like redid this world in dreams, like in 3d. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Oh man. They've made a lot of Dude, there's shit. Some, yeah. There's some though. really cool stuff in dreams. Maybe they'll remake all these games we're talking about. Who knows? Yeah, cross your fingers. Also, a game that or two games technically, um, but some games that I would love to get remakes of. And when I say remakes, I mean like not just remasters, because I guess the Battle Network games would just be remasters. Because if you tampered with that gameplay, I imagine people would be annoyed. Mm-hmm. A remake that I would like is actually bringing um, the Game Boy Advance games and doing remakes of Metabots, Metabi Gold, and Roku Show Silver. You lost me. That would be dope. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think many people played them. Holy shit, this Metabi Gold is $500. I paid like 40 bucks for it like Ooh, two weeks ago. You got to sell that shit right now. <laughs> I'm not. I think this is just like, okay, something that really annoys me with Amazon is that if no one else has uh, like a product on Amazon, people will just do the highest price humanly possible. Mm. Like the, the highest price they think somebody will pay for it, even though this is used and in like used in very good condition, they're like, $450. I'm like, no, the next person (laughs) is selling this for $50, you dickhead. (laughs) Like, fuck off. That's the price. There's people like that. But I would love to get those. And I'm not talking about the Metabots AX games or whatever. Mm -hmm, Those mm -hmm. fucking blow. I'm talking about Metabots, Metabee Gold, and Roku Show Silver. Those games are dope. They're like Monster Tamers. The fighting system is so weird. I definitely would say change that because it's similar to like... Okay, I got to explain this to you because it's so odd. All right. There's two sides of your screen. There's like the left and the right, and there's kind of this partition in the center. You have your Metabot on the left, 
and your enemy's metabot on the right. You have them, you choose what action they're going to take. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to use my head ability, which is a rocket launcher, which takes like power points essentially. Kind of like, it's kind of like PP or like stamina and temptam kind of a thing, but mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. end up hurting you. You just can't use it. So it's more like PP. Um, you are like, okay, I want you to use this head ability, whatever. And then they have to walk from you all the way to the center. And then when they get to the center, they'll fire and then they walk back to you you tell them to do something again and then they walk all the way back and they fire again it's so fucking stupid (laughs) (laughs) but this game is so cool i just want good metabots games maybe one day but yeah those would be the remakes i would ask for because i do want them to change the battle systems in that and also if they could put voice acting just to back me up instead of having uh Iki's name be pronounced Iki just pronounce it Iki. Iki why would you name your character Iki fuck off it's mm. Iki okay I'm not gonna call him fucking Iki that Stupid. good old Iki Vicky <laughs> all right let's move on to his next question Chris Penwell also writes in and says pineapples deserve to be pineapples just the whole pineapple <laughs> pineapple on me too. pineapple <laughs> I mean, I I was with them until it was one full pineapple. I don't know about that. <laughs> a pineapple deserves to be on pizza. Do you agree? If not, you're a monster. Big Josh boy, what's your opinion? We already know. I'm, this. Uh, wait, hold up. What's your garbage opinion? My garbage opinion is that <laughs> you are wrong. Uh, that pineapples deserve to be on pizza. They're delicious pineapples so you're also saying pineapples now they deserve to be just a full pineapple no pineapples pieces the (laughs) pineapple pineapple slices slices (laughs) deserve to be on pizza not a full pineapple do you eat like okay when you get this garbage pizza admittedly Mm -hmm. everyone hates it it's disgusting pizza when you get this pizza do you eat it like just straight up like you would normally eat pizza or do you pick the pineapple off no, why would I pick the pineapple off? Because it fucking sucks. Why no. else did you get this pizza? I fucking, I fucking chow down. I eat it with everything else that's on it. I fucking stuff it in my face like a normal American who deserves his pineapples on his pizza. You want to hear the craziest thing that has happened since I was a kid and I still don't know how? My family always orders pizza. And when they do, they get three pizzas every time. They mm-hmm. get a pepperoni. They get a meat lovers and they get a pineapple. I don't know who in my fucking family likes pineapple pizza. <laughs> Literally no one eats it. Damn. All right. Maybe I should move over there so I could just always eat that pineapple pizza. Yeah. I mean, not to mention cost of living is also probably way cheaper here. So, you know, big boy. I like mean, fucking... Maybe one And day. you can also sleep on my couch. I did. I did tell you that. So yeah, there's mean... just all sorts of reasons that you should move here. You're just so giving. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to give up the room that I use to record podcasts in, but I'll let you sleep on my couch. Oh, what a what an angel. <laughs> I know, so nice. But in uh in conclusion, uh pineapple on pizza is disgusting. Nobody likes it, and I don't know why my family still orders it. They're just like a bunch of fucking monsters. Yeah, if anybody's the monster, it's a person ordering pineapple pizza, okay? Like I'll eat it if it's there. Cause I'll pick off the pineapple, but if you're ordering pineapple pizza, you're specifically asking for it. Oh, I'm asking for suck. it. Okay. I'm, I'm you demanding it. 
I need that you pineapple pizza. literally call Pizza Hut, you're like, pineapple on my pizza now. now. And they're like, and they're like All right. do you want anything else on this fucking pizza? Like, are you going to, is this carry out or delivery? And you're just like, what did I just fucking say? Pineapple on pizza. No. Now. I mean, I'm, yeah, that's exactly how it is. <laughs> you just accost all pizza, like pizza workers. <laughs> Maybe that's why, why Papa John slipped. Was because uh, you called him up and you're like, "Hey, mofo, <laughs> yeah, maybe he wasn't racist before. You made him racist by your demands of pineapple." Mm, I'd like to not be associated with that man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on to our next question, written in by Chase Hopkins. So All he right, has two we, questions. Can we skip here. these two questions? I don't really, I don't really like any of the next definitely questions not. that are coming up. I think we could just absolutely stop here. not. These definitely are necessary. This is like, let's harken back to that good old episode 69. Nice. Yeah, big boy. Um, Chase writes in for Avery and says, is sexy time with a zombie cheating? Mm. Well, uh, did you know the person before they turned into a zombie? Does that matter? I mean, if 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 you have sex with a stranger, you still cheated. Mm, I suppose that's it's specifically true. the thing is a zombie. They are living dead. Is it is it forced upon you, or are you? I, I guess the being real question here is. I guess the real question here would be like to take it down to its basis elements: Is this necrophilia or is this just sex? Because if it's necrophilia, I feel like it's not cheating; it's just gross. But if it's mm. just sex. I mean, yes, I think I think we're getting right back to the same question that he's asking uh, for the second part. Well, I that's cons- also just because we didn't finish that conversation. I would I consider that bestiality <laughs> thing just gross as well, but it could also be considered <laughs> cheating, couldn't it? You're still doing something with it. Like, what is the definition of cheating? Is it? it it's it's. Let's look this up. Let's look this bad boy up. Like, <laughs> let's get into semantics here. Okay. All right. All right. Cheating definition. All right. And I feel like I, I don't know if this is this isn't really pertain to relationships as definition, but let's just go with it. Act dishonestly or unfair in order to gain an advantage, especially in a game of examination, which is what? Hmm, I don't know what you're reading. <laughs> That's just the definition of fucking I I just thought that was so weird. This like examination specifically. What? Uh what is the definition of cheating on someone? Let's look at that one cheat on someone to secretly have sex with someone other than your husband wife or partner Mm. it specifies and it even bolds it someone so i guess i mean do you consider a zombie a a a person oh let's look that shit up okay (laughs) let's see what the consensus on this bad boy is zombies are they people i mean have you seen have you ever watched the show i zombie uh no i have not God, you like fucking pineapple pizza and you won't watch fucking Eyes on You suck. God damn. All right. Hey. Well, this will be my last episode, guys. Okay. This doesn't help me at all. I say, are zombie, uh, zombies, are they people? And then it's like top five cases of zombies from the real world. What? What? <laughs> and this is medicalnewstoday.com. I feel like that's not true. That seems <laughs> awfully weird. And they're like, we got this off WebMD. So in iZombie, like zombies are sentient creatures. They like they keep their mind by eating brains. So they're just people, but they're also dead. Like I would say in that case, it is cheating because they are someone. 
But in this case, where it's just like, if it's a mindless zombie, then no, it is not cheating. That's just necrophilia, and that's gross. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> case closed. Then, uh, Chase also writes in and just wants us to finish off this conversation of, and he, I, I feel like he really wants me to read this. You never finish the conversation about whether piping down a dog is cheating too. Mm, I don't like he this. Very, he, he really found it funny that he wrote piping down a dog. I don't like this. <laughs> so I feel like this also comes down to like our, our conversation before. Do we think dogs would be classified as someone or are they something? Mm. Do we like hold them on the same level as people? I mean, I'm... I'm pretty mm-hmm. fond of dogs, so they do have personalities. Yeah. They feel they have like charisma, I guess. They learn. They are alive. Sounds like a person. Are they someone? They're someone to me. They're someone to you. So in your relationship, it seems like bestiality would definitely be cheating. Yeah, I I would assume so. I don't <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never thought about it this hard. <laughs> Or, or ever, okay. I guess. <laughs> you know, it's so fucking weird. Okay, so um, I posed this question to my fiance. I posed the question last week, so I asked you, wow, you actually talk if to having sex with an alien. Weird shit. So okay, strange. so I specifically just asked my fiance, I was like, is having sex with an alien cheating? Because if a hot alien ever comes down, I'm going to try to clap some cheeks. But mm. she then asked me, is having sex with a dog cheating? And I was like, "What? Wait, Why she did both asked of you? you go to this? Yeah, oh, she asked man. me the same thing. Oh, no wonder you love me so much. We're the same person. Yeah, I'm starting to think so. With the exception of that, she doesn't love card games as much as you do. Mm, well, you don't know yet. It, it, you know, it. I used That's to. True. I used to hate card games. It was a slow burn. You know what I'm saying? It, it snuck up on me. The other day, she did say she needs to get into video games. She needs to become a real gamer girl. Mm. She doesn't play any video games now except for like a little bit of Ripto's Rage and Animal Crossing. So well, I'll uh, I'll start introducing her to some card games. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I would say the biggest difference between the two of you is you got that big dick energy. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I cross my fingers that she doesn't have penis energy at all. That's so. true. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes you get the dong, and sometimes you don't. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of dongs, our last question is by the guys over at the Classic Gaming Podcast, and I'm not sure if this is Rob or Jay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to I'm, random I'm, leap here and say it's Rob. Rob. For okay? sure, it's Rob. <laughs> if you guys listen to this podcast episode, I believe it's like their. 170 something 140 something it's like excessive Let they've got look. a lot and they go for hours so theirs is much more impressive than ours is okay yeah yeah they uh episode 141 is theirs that's the one where ah, i'm there you go listen to that one great episode goes for like four hours it gets you through most of your workday. he writes in and asks do you prefer fox mcleod or falco so to give you guys a little Gross. bit of background on this bad boy we were talking about anime butts uh, and then somehow we got on, oh no, you know what? This is me kind of like falling over my own words. 
I uh, we were talking about one of the Star Fox games. I believe it was like Star Fox Adventure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I specifically said that one of the Star Fox characters could get it. I was like, that's so that a was, hot. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that was all your I fault. I think it was you me. You monster. I think I brought it on us, which then prompted Rob to go get a picture of Fox McCloud jerking both himself and Falco off. Okay? So now we have to – now this comes down to – okay. So everybody knows. Let's let's look this up. Fox McCloud. Stop. What are you doing? In. Why do we have to do this? Why <laughs> can't this off. die? <laughs> it's a crossover event of the decade, okay? <laughs> Endgame can suck my ass. Let's talk about Fox McCloud drinking Falco off. Ugh. Surprisingly, this picture does not come up immediately. There are a lot of anthropomorphic... Oh, shit. That's a girl, Falco. That's a thick-ass Falco. Oh, my okay. God. What is happening? <laughs> I'm trying to see right. if it's down in Google whether... Oh, that's weird. That's just a furry's butthole. I'm going to exit out of this page. I don't I'm, like anything that's happening in the last like yeah, 15 I'm, minutes I'm of this episode. I'm just going to pop right out of this one. I mean, to end <laughs> this off, fa- there is a picture of Falco like stripping, but he's super jacked. Like... He 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 doesn't have a penis out, but like he's got some dollars up in that G string. So when it comes down to it, which one would you choose, Fox McCloud or Falco? All right, guys, I'm gonna need you to come up with uh, some better questions next time. Where's Sam? <laughs> I know. I was like, Sam, you didn't you didn't write in an insightful question, and now we've got to, to go down to like smashing zombies, banging dogs, and which one would rather jerk off, Fox McCloud or Falco? Ugh. This has been this has been a hell of a way to end this episode. Here's this the thing. Okay, oh, let's get into this, all right? So, Fox McCloud has fur. He's going to be he he's softer, okay? But then Falco has a bigger penis. Which one do you go for? I'm not answering this question. <laughs> Okay, I'll answer it. If it was that thick-ass Falco, I would choose Falco. Otherwise, I mean, Fox McCloud is pretty cool. He I wears mean, a sweet jacket. You're into furries, so Fox. And he does barrel rolls, so. Mm, that's true. I mean, I feel like furries could also be birds. It's just people who identify as animals. Is it? Is that what a furry is? Let's not do this. I don't know why I'm feeding this I fire. have actually had this argument before. The guy Avery, who wrote in... Uh, who Chase wrote in the sexy time of the zombie question. I had a full like hour long argument with him over whether furries are people or not, if they identify as animals. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah. The more, you know, Yep. <laughs> so enlightened. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys would like to chat with us outside the show, you can follow us on Twitter at IndiePod. Uh, we once again are newly named the indie pod or just indie pod and indie games podcast so check us out on twitter at indie pod you can follow me at hide legion and you can follow josh at the underscore george 90 you can also uh make sure you keep an eye out for our question tweet that we put out each and every monday i try to remind you of it on tuesday and wednesday we also are putting i'm i'm trying to also make sure i even set an alarm uh to make sure that i put out our god bless the crowd picks on uh, Thursdays, I believe, so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. everyone can brush up on these before uh, we talk about them on Friday, or at least they hear us talk about them on Friday. For sure. Also, make sure 
We should do a uh, we should do a kind of not really a competition, but like to all the listeners who want to try and provide uh, good names for our little alien character that's coming up, who will be the new main face of IndiePod. Uh, write in your suggestions for what he should be named. Feel free to write in Ronald, okay? Do not write Ronald. Feel Ronalds. free. If you write in Ronald, if the you majority will be blocked. of people write in Ronald. <laughs> if, you, if you write in Ronald, you will be blocked. <laughs> wouldn't it be the? Wouldn't it be hilarious if they just na- like they chose to name it the smallest of average Josh boys? <laughs> 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 They're yeah. just like, well, I guess we're stuck now. <laughs> they call him. They call him Little Josh Boy. <laughs> Uh, That's it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, fam.